everybody, and welcome to the new episode of In Love With The Process. Uh, I am here today, uh, sort of a last minute decision this morning. I uh, woke up this morning a little hungover after hanging out with my buddy Jordan last night for his birthday party. Uh, and then I got a random uh, voicemail, uh, which I will play for you now. Mike, this is Frank Castle. Call me back if you know what's good for you. So uh, I could not, uh, I got that phone call from my good buddy, Nick, and uh, he was like, I want to uh, do a podcast with you. He's been begging me to do a podcast for a while. That's kind of true, right? <laughs> I get residuals, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's not, okay. Um, so uh, let me give you a little backstory. Uh, Nick and I have been working together for quite some time. Um, Nick is a actor. Uh, you build props. Yep. On occasion. And uh, these days you're like Mr. Mocap. Yeah. I'm uh, just trying to get my hands on a lot of things. Um, you know, the, I've been crafty all my life too, and I try to incorporate that as much as I can as a hobby to keep me sane. But uh, yeah, Mocap has been a, a good um, direction for me. I love it. And then uh, also joining us today is Dave. Hello. And. There's like, I feel like I just have so much Greek in the room at this point. <laughs> the, the two, we come with feta, actually. <laughs> the two brothers yeah. joining me. Last time I, I think we were all together was in Las Vegas, correct? Yep. Yeah, we were, uh, what were you guys shooting? Or you guys were shooting something? Nah, we were out there for sponsor stuff. I oh, think. okay. We were doing a couple podcasts or something. We had some great sushi or Chinese or whatever it was. Um, I don't think either. We had some great beers. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. We went to that place in Chinatown, remember? Oh, right. And it had right. the lady singing uh, all the karaoke. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah. And I, I had no idea that Vegas had a Chinatown. So when they were like, we're uh-huh. going to go down to Chinatown in Vegas, I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> Let's go to Chinatown. It was fun. That was quick, too. That was uh, quick and improvised. It's kind of how we roll, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did that, and then we hung out at this uh, really trashy local dive bar. I think it was like Hard Hat Saloon. Yeah, Wasn't that yeah spot? exactly. And they were giving out free beers if you pick the right suit of a card that they draw. That oh, was cool. That's right. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't remember half that night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll get off on this tirade. Uh, so uh, Nick and I met uh, years ago... Um, I forget how I saw you initially. I think I saw an Emerson student film that you were in. I think. Yeah, it was called Mariah, and I think you went to the screening. Yes. I didn't even meet you that night, but when we eventually sat down and talked, you said, I was at your screening and I've been stalking you ever since. Yeah, I thought that was creepy, but it's cool. That's very true. Yeah, because it was you and Evelina, and I met that's Evelina right. that night. Uh-huh. Um, and then we worked together uh, on the uh, fabled uh, Punisher piece that no one has seen. Yes. Yes, we did. Yes. And uh, Nick played, didn't play the Punisher. Kind of didn't. Yeah, yeah, not at all. He wasn't, had nothing to do with the Punisher. He didn't play the Punisher at all. <laughs> Never. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and then we also did, uh, we did like a little shoot, like we did a couple little shoots since then. And we did the magazine shoots. Well, know? we did that in uh, Killswitch. Mm. We did the music video for Killswitch Engage uh, for the song Always. Fuck yeah, I forgot about Very that. Very fun shoot. That's right. We ended up driving down the coast and... Yeah, ripped up the PCH <laughs> and shot a couple of impromptu scenes, and I didn't know what the project was, but Mike said, just trust me, Nick. Don't ask questions and trust me. Go in there and have fun. Good talk. 
That was actually a really fun trip. We could talk about all that stuff. Um, <laughs> so, it was awesome. So if you are listening to this episode, uh, like uh, Nick is, a, is an actor. He's a working actor at this point. Uh, he started here in Boston um, and then made the transition to L.A. And you're one of the few people that I know that have made that transition and been very successful with that transition. Uh, been working pretty steadily since you moved out there, correct? Success, that that's a, rel- a relative term mm-hmm. out in L.A. However, um, you got to see even small opportunities. Every Everything you're able to do, you have to see that as a success in itself. If you don't, you'll drive yourself crazy. Um, if you go out there with the intention of just getting blown up, getting famous, more oftentimes than not, you're just going to be disappointed and you're going to kill yourself. Um, it's a crazy industry, but yeah, I, I've been very fortunate with some really cool opportunities, and I got a really cool um, uh, big announcement release coming out at the end of this year, uh, and I think that'll take my career in a different direction in a good way. Uh, and I'll, I'll keep. You I guys think up. I know. I think I know what that is, right? Maybe I probably don't. Maybe. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what that is. No, I don't know what I don't know anything about what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to know though. I can't wait till you tell me what that yeah, is. Yeah, when when I can drop details, I will for sure. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that first before we start to get bro too much too deep into a bromance here because we mm. haven't seen each other in a while. Sure. Um, so <clears throat> when did you? Because you you grew up here in. In Boston, right? Yeah. Born in Salem, Mass., and I spent most of my life in Peabody, around that area. I worked in Boston. Get a little closer to the mic so that people, oh, sh- can, people can hear how sexy your voice is over their life. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I, sp- I spent most of my life uh, on the north shore of Boston, and then I started working in Boston in my adulthood. Uh, started with hospitality. I was working at the Fairmont Copley Plaza uh, for a bunch of years, and then I started acting. So I quit it all and made peanuts. Mm-hmm. And you're happier? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm my own boss all the time. I'm on my own agenda. I do what I want to do. And you can't put a price on that. And you know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So you decided that you were going to be an actor. How did you get started? What did you do? Uh, well, I was working in the hotel industry. And I was around people constantly. And a lot of people would come to me. And they, they asked if I ever had tried acting. And when I heard that maybe like 50 times. I just turned around at age 24, 25, and I said, you know what, damn it, I should, I should try this. They said my eyes were honest. They said whenever I talk to people, I come off as extremely genuine, and that's why people said you should try acting because that's, it's about being honest. I believe you. And uh, so I, I, I tried. Uh, I started submitting to student films at this point. I, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, the first audition I ever went on was a, a Boston College uh, student film. And I got the audition and I got the role. And it was this cool detective. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And uh, I just kept on going from there. I just didn't quit. And uh, here I am like seven years later. It's been fun. Well, okay, so, excuse me, we're drinking beers at mm-hmm. fucking 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, what, uh, what was that first day, first movie, first day like for you? Do you remember it? Oh, man, I felt like a hot shot. I got to wear, like, a cool leather jacket. <laughs> slicked my hair back, and I, I felt like the absolute shit. And now, looking back, I realized that I was an idiot. I didn't know what I was doing. I can almost not even watch that film. It was so bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know what? It got me started, and you got to respect where you come from. You know, no matter where you get, it, it all, all, all is a... a um, 
uh, I don't even know what I'm saying. Well, <laughs> so, like the whole thing is like a like a learning process, like steps. It's a learning process, yes, and uh, it's just you know it's it's bittersweet memories looking back at you know and how far you've come. You got to appreciate that. And mm-hmm. again, if you're not happy with where you are yet, just keep moving forward. Okay, okay. so so you weren't nervous the first first take first shot. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't know anything. Uh, and, and the director at the time, he just said, I know you don't have a lot of experiences. Like, just do what you did in the audition and throw some cool looks in there like Bruce Willis. I was like, I can do that. Talk <laughs> <laughs> like about the best direction. <laughs> just do Bruce Willis. I channeled Bruce John McClane all day long. <laughs> he wasn't right for the character, but I channeled the fuck out of him. <laughs> All right, so that's cool, man. So then you were doing a bunch of student film stuff, um, and then uh, at what point, <clears throat> like from the beginning, were you like, "This is what I'm going to do all the time," or at what point did you did you decide that you were good enough at this? To I do know, this? I know exactly that moment, um, and I'll always accredit this guy, um, one of my favorite directors of all time, Alex Ameling. He was a graduate of Emerson, and uh, I had done a couple student films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was decent. I was learning. I I didn't know much. I was about to hang up the towel and quit and just say, yeah, that was fun. I had a good time. It was like maybe a couple months a year. Uh, And then I wanted to give it one more shot. And I said, you know, let's just do, let's put myself out for one more film, see if I like it. Mm -hmm. And I was cast in a, a, I think it was a a BFA or MFA, like a thesis film for Emerson. Alex Ambling was directing. It was a really cool character, a lot of depth. And, uh, I booked the role, and that was the first time I was ever on a professional set. Mm-hmm. Those kids, they threw together the one of the funnest shoots I've ever been on, super professional for the little money they didn't even have, and that was the first time I ever, quote unquote, acted. And I pushed myself, I learned new things on set, and that's when I developed that love for it. And after that moment, I said, I'm going to keep doing this. And I've, I've told that guy many times that he's kind of the reason for that. And that was before you worked with me, right? Yes. Uh, and then everything changed. <laughs> of course. <laughs> now I want to quit even more. <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So so cool. And then um, and then we we worked together. Was the first thing that we did not the Punisher piece? Um, I. I th- I can't remember. I think no, no, it was. It was the first right? thing we ever did was the Punisher piece. Not the Punisher piece, yeah. Yeah, not the Punisher. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, we 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 had hung out a bunch of times. Uh, I remember the first time. I keep hitting this damn mic. Damn Just it. Just do it. Do it. That's fine. Uh, I remember the first time you reached out to me. You go, hey Nick, my name is so and so. I think you said look me up, or you said. Why don't you come to Subcult Cinema uh, this weekend? And I was like, yeah, cool. And then I I looked up, I Googled Subcult Cinema, and what I found was this, like, rave party. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this director I don't know is inviting me to a rave party. (laughs) And I said, oh, cool, like a rave, Mike? And you go, no, it's it's my screening of horror films. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So from the very beginning, it was just confusion with Mike. Just... Just the arrogance that I have, just going, just type these words into Google, and it will just explain everything. <laughs> yeah. For, and then, for hold on, for the listeners, what I we used to do, me and uh, Tony, used to do this thing that we called Subcult Cinema, where 
we would just rent out a local theater here, and uh, it's actually not that expensive, believe it or not. You can actually rent out a local theater, and we would invite all of the people that we work with, all of our friends, musicians, talent, whoever we wanted to hang out with, and we would just screen our favorite movies from when we were growing up. And so we got a bunch of really great uh, poster artists, uh, and they would do original poster work, and then we would have uh, Subcult Night. And we screened, like, you know, B- uh, Big Trouble in Little China. We screened uh, Razorback. For those of you who don't know what Razorback is, check it out. It's a big pig. It's pretty awesome. Um, and we also screened, I think we did Die Hard. We did Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What night did you show up for? The first one I ever did was uh, uh, Little China. Oh, yeah. That was a good one, too. Yeah, it's hilarious. One. And that was the first time I was introduced to your kind of your clan of people. And, you know, everyone's like, you know, yelling out and shouting things kind of like a Baptist church or something <laughs> and making fun of the movie, making fun of how corny they are. But they're classics. And that was the first time I was introduced. <laughs> I mean, just so you guys know, I mean, it was so beautifully. Tony did a lot of really great work on it. He would cut together. He actually did like a supercut version of one where he cut together like RoboCop Right. And what was the other movie? He cut together Robocop and something else and made a whole new movie with it, which was amazing. Uh, and then we did a screening. Were you there for the Die Hard screening? Pro- I went to two of them, so probably. We were halfway through. The DVD fucked up. So we just <laughs> started at that same point in time, Die Hard 2. So most people who hadn't seen Die Hard, <laughs> we had like an intermission. And most people who hadn't seen Die Hard were like, why is he on a fucking plane? Why is he at the airport? <laughs> Both movies are identical. So it was like a really fun watch. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but the posters were awesome, too. Yeah, we did some really cool posters for that, man. We, did, I, I, we haven't done it in a while. I mean, I'll have to bring that back. You have to bring it back. That's, you know, that's the first time I saw your passion for the industry and celebrating the inspirations. I mean, what we're doing right now is just like an evolution of that. Yeah. But, you know, celebrating the passion and and what inspires us to to do what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we, 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 I I invited you to a rave. (laughs) Uh, And then we worked together on this movie that no one has been able to see. Um... It was actually a fun experience for me. I remember uh, how lost or how how passionate you were about this character. And it is a, <laughs> it's a very specific thing. Oh, I know what you're <laughs> it's, a very specific, it's a very specific thing where, like, we, I wanted this character. I really love, you know, being a comic book kid and being very much like an illustrator nerd. I love details. And sometimes I get annoyed with... Uh, cinema because I feel like uh, a lot of the details are discarded where you know it's it's all the way down to like the scratches or the dents in the um, props or like the scratches on the skin of somebody like it's very specific and, and if you're almost like an illustrator fetish like I have where you're actually examining like how they 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 make something look worn and and all that sort of stuff and we had talked a little bit about that Excuse me, this is that burp again. There's that 11.21 a.m. burp from beer. Um, and I remember going, I want the hands of the character to be worn, really worn out, because we had the shot of the hands. And I just remember seeing you, and you, what did you do? You went out to the parking lot and just beat the shit out of your hands. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
I went even further, man. I'm a details guy like you. <laughs> I fucked up my hands three days before the shoot, so they would scab over and look oh like they've been there for a while. I was like, dude, we have makeup. <laughs> I'm not surprised in the slightest. I, I took my all. I took my knuckles to like cinder blocks. Yep. I was punching walls, <laughs> dragging them through the dirt, and um, I even took like shards of metal and just like jammed yeah. into my fist, and it made some cool marks. Oh yeah, I remember you showing me, and I was like, what? What are you doing, dude? And, and that <laughs> night, our mom cried for three days. <laughs> because of masochist, honey. Um, but it ended up being really cool, man. And and that that shoot, that set was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a really good crew, really great location. Really cool location, yeah. Yeah, and you killed it. Um, Evelina killed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really, really great shoot. It was very heartbreaking that we couldn't release that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was a risk we took. It was part of the game. Um, but then it ended up being uh, the catalyst. It actually started to sort of formulate or put together the formula for how I would do shoots. And then a lot of that crew ended up migrating over into 12KM. And then since then, they've migrated over into the new movie as well. So it's it was it was a good dry run. It was like a really good, you know, get everybody together and try to figure the shit out. Um, like I said, it's, it's, it's too bad that no one really can see it. Um, and then we got cut off right in the middle of doing all that stuff. So, I mean, whatever, man. But <clears throat> since then, we ended up going on uh, and did Always. And Always is a great story. I forgot that we fucking did Always. I always forget about Always. How can you forget? I think about it every day. You know, in that piece, we get more response on than anything still, else. Still. When was that? Four, four years ago? And At least. People still watch the video and still comment and... Tell them, you know, how it affects them and shit. I know. A lot of, like, grown men that don't know how to deal with their emotions yes. trying to deal with their emotions on that. Once, like, you know, once or twice a year, I'll pop, I'll just see the video pop up somewhere and I'll go on it just to read the comments. And they're all still streaming in. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. And that was a really fun shoot. We ended up, I, I think I told the story on a previous episode of how that video sort of came together. And we ended up driving uh, down the coast of California and sort of doing this uh, road trip video with two brothers, um, with uh, Jonathan playing your brother, John Thompson playing your brother, and then um, one of the brothers was diagnosed with cancer, and so they sort of go on this last road trip together, um, and it was a pretty pretty heavy heavy video, and at the time it was inspired by one of our buddies who had cancer, uh, Bob, who you met on the trip. He was mm-hmm. one of the the guys. He ended up passing away like. About a year after that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Really good, really good fucking dude. Um, but the trip itself was such an adventure. I had such a great time because I ended up going out early with Jarvis and Tony, and we drove the coast like three scouting. or four times scouting. Yeah. And went on that adventure previous to when we all went on that adventure, and then you guys came out. Um, I just remember, I think one of the highlights of that trip was when uh, uh, John was trying to uh, pet a fucking sea lion. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, oh! We were in French fries on the dock. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I think I was fucking ate him. <laughs> this is like signs like "Do not go near the sea lions," and he's like, "I want to hold that." You know, dude, they'll just, fuck you up. 
Those are those like 900-pound beasts. You think they're all cute? I was standing on the dock going, don't do it, but let's see what happens. But don't, don't do it. Don't, don't get near that. We need you to finish the video, and then you can do it. Yeah, you right. Want. Then you can wrestle that fucking thing. You're probably going to win. You're going to beat it. We'll, we'll see after we're done. After we're done with that video. That was a fun, that was a really, really, really fun adventure that we had. I forgot about that, man. Yeah, that was a good, good time. Uh, I remember drinking whiskey shots at the little crappy motel that we were staying in. Remember oh. we found syringes um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. up on the, in the mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was a... Jarvis found, he found crack. <laughs> yeah, he, found, a, he found crack. That's something Jarvis would find. Yeah, yeah. He was trying to light around the mirror <laughs> yeah. and he found a little baggie with crack and syringes in it. And he, I remember just the look on his face when he turned and looked at me and went, dude. <laughs> oh, in San Fran, the porn bar. Oh, God, yes. that really, The hardcore 70s porn bar. Yeah, I mean, it was this bar. I forget what it was called, but it's this bar or used to be a bar in San Fran. I haven't been there in a while. It was this bar in San Fran that had uh, converted or... Uh, like chopped up conversion vans. Remember, they like took conversion vans, the shagging wagons. Yeah, and they cut them up and made them into booths inside this bar, so you can climb inside of a conversion van. And there was like a table, I think, and then there was a bed. It was like this weird little bed in the back. They were so lazily converted that I think that they were just shagging wagons, and they just cut them in half and put them in the bar. So yeah. who knows how much DNA oh, is no. all over that oh, crusty no. cloth? And we call it the porn bar because they literally took uh, pinups from all of like the '80s and '90s Playboy magazines, and they just laminated the entire bar with them. So like it was all over the bar, all over the walls. And then they had TVs playing very educational videos throughout the process of being there. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. That That's was where a, Jarvis's quote comes from, right? Yeah. That's where it comes from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. His quote. I'm not going to say what his quote is. <laughs> In the modern climate, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was a, a lot of fun, man. We had a fucking blast on that trip. That was like, that ended up being such a huge success for us. Because the ultimate story of that was that we were supposed to go to Europe. Like, Ian and I were supposed to go to Europe and film a video through Europe with the guys. But the drummer, like, broke his foot or something. Mm. And so then we were really disappointed. And they're like, we can't do that video. And so we came up with this idea sort of centering around going on our own road trip. And then it was like, who do we want to hang out with? Who do we want to go on this road trip with? And that kind of spawned the whole idea. And I was like, let's get Nick, let's get John, let's just go on this road trip and have have a fucking blast. Yeah, and, real spontaneous and it worked out. Yeah, man. And it's a, like a really great example of having a good time and actually enjoying the process of making that video mm-hmm. more than I like that video, believe it or not. And then it's just a really happy side effect that it, <clears throat> a lot of people like that video, like a lot of people identify with that video. Yep. You know? Um, so cool. So then we did that, and then that was right when you moved out there to California, correct? I think I, had, I was fresh moved out. Yep. Yep. And then uh, since then, you've done all sorts of shit, man, right? You've been doing like, uh, tra- you were traveling for a while, right? You were hosting something? Uh, yeah, actually, probably right before that video, um, I, I did a travel show with this guy, Tony Colapetro, who I'm going to see tonight at this uh, this Emmy show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a he's a producer 
and director for Fox Programming for Fox Connecticut Travel. Mm-hmm. And he does like four or five shows a year. He gets nominated for an Emmy every single year. Wow. And uh, he had known me from way back in the day, and he calls me up and he says, hey, Nick, uh, you do hosting, right? I'm like, sure, yeah. He's like, would you want to maybe go to the British Virgin Islands and do a hosting show? And I was like, no, nah, it's not on my end. Yeah, fuck, <laughs> sign me up. And so we went to the islands for, uh, God, it was like eight, nine days. And we just shot eight, nine days, the highlights of the entire set of islands. And they treated us like gods because they wanted a nice review for of course, Fox Travel. Um, 80% of the clientele that goes to the BVI are from uh, between Boston, New York, and Connecticut. Yeah. It's sailing communities, and they all go there for vacationing. So that's why they wanted that programming to just give a 30-minute commercial for the islands. And so, yeah, that, that trip was crazy. Now, that must be... So what's that like? What's that like being a host? You just sort of... They feed you lines, or they give you some sort of script, and then you run through the script? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I researched a shitload on the BVI before I did it. I'd never even really heard of them. Um, and so I read books, I had all this research. And then when we got there, the board of tourism said, oh, that's your itinerary? No, 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 here's your new itinerary. And they tripled our workload. Oh my God. So that eight or nine days, when I tell you that we did not relax on the beach, not one time, I mean that. We had to cover so much shit as a stipulation to be there and get paid to do it. And so (laughs) all my research, like 95% of it went out the window because then we just had to just on the fly learn quickly about this place and be like, oh, what what can I say? Um, Okay, it's been here since 1895. Uh, Cool. Hey, you're sailing. You know, so all of it went out the window, but it was crazy. So half it was scripted, half was on the fly. I had to just memorize something in three minutes, go on camera, do the intro, and then move over here to the next one. It's crazy. Wow, dude. So you guys didn't get any relaxing time? Did you guys have a couple days of afterwards or anything? No. Nothing. Ah, man. There was one one night, I think, we, we sat in a jacuzzi and had, like, a couple cocktails. That's ah, it. Only in our business. Can you imagine? It, it's like if you were to hire a guy to cut your lawn. And he shows up with the lawnmower, and you're like, look, if I'm paying you to be here with the lawnmower, there are like five other lawns on the street, so you got to get to all of them. And paint my house while you're at yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> like it's only in our business do people feel like they have to be, holy shit, I've hired these people, so let's fill every ounce of their fucking life with work. Yeah, It kills me, man. It's like, can we just have a good experience? And you know what? There's something to be said about spending that time in that spot and getting to love that spot yourself because then that'll fucking show on camera. That'll actually show through the whole process of it. Mm-hmm. it drives me crazy, man. Anyway, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get mean on this episode. It's all good. It's really cool that you got to go off on a trip and do really cool things. Need a things. couple more beers to get mean on this one. <laughs> yeah. um, cool, man. Cool, cool. So then, uh, let's see. Let's catch up. I know there's a lot of stuff that you can't talk about right now, but how did you get into the, uh, can you talk about mocap? Can you talk about how you got into that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not that interesting how I got into it. Um, I just happened to see a, um, a casting for something and, uh, I just submitted, it was a really, uh, favorite project of mine, like a, like a franchise. Like the subject matter was? I just saw it and I said, oh my God, I, I need to be a part of this. Um, when I first saw it, I realized uh, I thought it was a, like a fan film of some sort. And then I was wrong. When I got the audition, I, I researched it and I realized what it was. And I said, oh shit, I got to be a part of this. So I just, I begged for an audition. I got in there. 
Um, and I just, you know, shared my passion for what this was with the, the people casting the game. And uh, after about three weeks, I got the phone call that I was offered this particular job. And uh, my knees went like they were like jello. Uh-huh. I was like, you're fucking kidding me. She's like, I'm not fucking kidding you. You want to play this? I was like, yep. <laughs> I can't I can't wait to hear what this project is. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's going to be good. I can I can probably release details in a couple months. Good, good, good. So uh, I, some listeners may not know what mocap is. What is the what is the deal with mocap? Okay, if anyone's ever seen like Planet of the Apes, okay, at this point our technology is getting so good uh, that they have human actors put on special suits, and they uh, these special cameras that work in infrared. They pick up your skeletal movements, even your facial movements with special dots, and it digitalizes um, you, your entity as an actor. And then they can, in a movie, they can project um, any kind of CGI character on your skeletal system. So if, if actors can act like apes and they can move like apes, they will take that performance. Like Andy Serkis was uh, the main ape in Planet of the Apes, and he did a fantastic performance. Uh, and he was acting like him, his body, his face, his voice. And they, they record it digitally, and then they superimpose a CGI ape on his body. That's what motion capture is. And that's a that's <clears throat> it's got to be such. I mean, the the technology of that is becoming so interesting right now because, uh, um, like James Cameron's doing a lot with that with the yes. with cutting the edge cutting edge shit where, where yeah. he's doing like VR sets mm-hmm. because most of the time you're just sort of in like a, a like a plain studio maybe with some like you know like like <laughs> Jimbery style sort of tumble mats and everything and then mm-hmm. you guys are trying to imagine. You know, you know, being on the edge of a cliff and fighting like yeah. a, like a demon or whatever the hell it is. So it's got to be a weird thing to do as far as acting is concerned. Like, yeah, you have to use a lot of imagination. Yeah, tons of it. Um, it's it's the closest thing to theater that I've ever done. So the difference between film and mocap, the process is basically the same, um, but instead of being on a physical set. You're in uh, basically a warehouse-shaped room, just an empty room, might be uh, 100 feet by 100 feet. And if there are obstacles in the scene, like just say a cliff that you have to jump over or uh, a door you have to open, they will typically build very rudimentary uh, wooden sets just with two by fours, just to build the forms of the hallways that you have to go through. So as an actor, you can navigate through whatever you got to navigate through. and so you do have to use your imagination of where you are, the environment. If you're supposed to be in a jungle, you have to get to pretend that because you're in a warehouse, right, with cement walls. Yeah, it's got to be weird. So what do you? So your day begins on one of those sets, and what do they show up and go? Okay, we need to get like, you know, forty variations of you loading a gun. You know, like is it is it that kind of thing, or is it? Uh, typically, if you're working in uh, video games, the, the mocap is split up into two main categories. Uh, the first one is in-game movements. Those are the robotic movements that the gamer can control the character in the game with the controller. Every movement that the gamer can make the character do, that's in-game. Okay. Uh, those are robotic movements. So yes, load the gun like this. Crouch to your left knee and shoot. Crouch to your right knee and shoot. You know, lie prone. Uh, roll over, do a tumble roll. All that stuff. That's robotic. 
um, then there's the cinematic side of it. So uh, in, in cutscenes in games now, they're, they're very cinematic, just like movies. They film them like movies, and that's where you bring your theatrical experience into it. So um, there's a lot more leeway. You yeah. don't have to be so particular. you got to fit your character, but these are scenes you act out just to um, move the game forward. Right. So then they're very, so the ones, with the movements that the controller can do, are they very specific about that, or are they very. just really? I, the most robotic acting I've ever done. Wow. It has to be particular. Um, you always, if, if you're running and stopping, you always have to land on your left foot and go into character pose, so the game can pick up where you left off. Oh, wild! It's and, and like I said, there for any one character in a game, there might be literally hundreds of moves that this guy can do in the game, and you have to go through all of them. And they capture it with motion capture, so, so the animators don't have to come up with it. Right. You right, know, right, they right, just right. grab the skeletal movements, they throw the character on them with a press of a button. Right. And it's a wow. faster turnaround instead of having to yeah. animate everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Fascinating, dude. Okay. All right. And then a lot of the stuff that, I mean, we did it with the Not the Punisher movie, but then you've done it uh, <laughs> with a lot of other films too. You've done a lot of like tactical sort of you know, military stuff. Like, are you, like, why do you seem to gravitate to that sort of thing? Well, action movies, I mean, I grew up watching Indiana Jones and, and, and the John McClane characters and all those, and it inspired me. I was a boy, you know, I, I was like, I want to be that guy. I want to be the hero. Um, I, I started acting and I was doing like, you know, boyfriend type roles and, you know, they weren't so interesting. And then, um, <laughs> but then I met, I met a good buddy of mine, um, James Poirier. He's one of my favorite directors of all time. Yeah, um, good dude. And really he's, good. he's the guy who introduced me to that world. And he said, Hey, we want you to be in this, uh, military themed game and a uh, theme movie. And I was like, Oh boy. I was like, <laughs> sign me up. And I didn't know anything. He trained me. Um, he's, you know, he has all kinds of training. He just sees a, a guru for that stuff. Uh, so I give him credit for that. Yeah. And he took me in that direction, and I've been going in the grittier direction ever since. He just released something, right? Uh, well, a short film of ours, um, we've been doing a couple things. Uh, he made this short film called Relapse uh, maybe like two years ago. It just got a release on this TV channel. Uh, they, they picked it up and they wanted to give it some exposure for like short films. And so that's cool. It released recently and we also produced um, a big concept trailer pitch for a big action movie that we're trying to um, start up in LA. And cool. so we did that recently and that was a really fun project. That was the first time I ever uh, head on produced anything. Cool, man. Very different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk too much about it, but after I do these other two movies, I really want to sort of dive into the uh, the action world, I think, after these two that I do. The action world is fun. Yeah. It's yeah. really, really fun. Uh, the, the project, the concept trailer that we put together, um, you know, it, it was riddled with its own problems and everything, but it was one of the funnest times I've ever had. I mean, I lost my mind for the whole month planning it. Oh, yeah, the producing. But, oh. you know, but we, we had a little bit of money, and... The fact that we could just spend that money on things that we really wanted, like the right locations, mm-hmm. um, the right props, the right stunt people, like it was fun to throw that together. God, if I had two hundred grand, that's what I would do with it: is make a full-out action movie. Yeah, no, I, I really want to see what's that new one that just came out. Um, that's uh, being put out by Bloomhouse. There. Um, God damn it! What's the name of it? It's the one with the dude. The dude's got the chip that's put in his neck. Oh, it's called Upgrade. Have you seen it yet? 
I haven't. I've heard the best things about it. Yeah, it looks rad. They said it's got like an, an indie feel with big studio production value. It looks rad. It does. It looks really cool. It looks really cool. I see that stuff, and I I can't help but feel just a little envious. And it's with that <laughs> actor, uh, Tom Hardy, number two. Tom Hardy, number two. <laughs> looks just like him. <laughs> like when I first saw the trailer for Prometheus, I was like, "Whoa, Tom, Tom Hardy's, Hardy's in, in this!" Like, oh no. <laughs> but he's great. He's a good actor, man. He's a really solid actor. What I agree. I can't remember his name. He's got three names. It's one of those, like... Fucking terrible that I can't remember his name. But he's a really good actor. He's one of those guys that's fantastic. Yeah. And the only reason I can't remember his name is because I can barely remember your names. I have such a problem with fucking names. That's Dave. Yeah, that's... Oh, right, that's Dave. Hey, what's up? That's Rambo. (laughs) 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 So that's rad. So then, uh, so you've been sort of doing it... Lately, has it just been mostly uh, mocap stuff for you? Like, what are you working on these days? Mocap is actually a really hard shell to crack. It's hard to really break into. And um, I think when when a a project of mine comes out, it'll be easier for me to get bigger opportunities. But I'm training all the time. I'm training with mocap, training physically. Um, Right now, I'm on uh, on like a hold for a uh, another travel show called Fixers. And... um, they, they're looking for like a MacGyver type guy for an ensemble cast who uh, it's kind of like a Habitat for Humanity type feel where they go around and they, they fix up people's homes that can't afford or whatever. They, you know, fix it with whatever you got. Be really resourceful. Mm-hmm. This would shoot all over the world. Um, a couple cool. different continents. Wow. And uh, just waiting to hear back, see if I'm on the team. Uh, so I just kind of do a lot of things. You know, commercial work has been steady and it's like night and day to the action stuff that I do. You know, one day I'm clean shaven and I got to talk about this... Uh, New Pepsi drink or something, or uh, or I'm just shooting bitches. <laughs> so different. It's so cool. That's right. And I forgot about your reel. You posted that reel a while ago. Oh dear, dear. Fantastic. <laughs> and the best comment Mike got was the Coke. He's got to do the Coke. <laughs> got to have the cocaine in action reel. <laughs> so fantastic. That was fun. Yeah, man. It's so cool, man. Yeah, I'm proud of you, dude. I think it's really great that you're killing it, man. I'm just trying, you know. It's I'm just doing whatever I can just to to keep moving forward and just appreciating the opportunities I get. That's all. Yeah, man. Very cool. What about yourself? What do What do you want to know? I want to know. You got some things up your sleeve too that you're working on. I know you can't say much, but uh, I'm I'm really excited to see your um, Did you see the film coming out? Did you see the new movie? Did I send you the new movie yet? You haven't. Oh my god! I've been asking you. That's right. What a friend! I know. I'll have to show I'm it to really you. excited to see that. Yeah, it came out. It came out really good. The new, the new piece came out really well. Um, very excited about it. It's actually probably the I don't want to say smoothest, but it's like it's like everything's sort of coming together. Yeah. So your, like, everything, your team, your style. You. That's what I like about your together. projects. Is um, I've known your style for a long time, but every time you release something new. It's it's constantly evolving into you know the you know your your stop McFarlane and Pesci you know two point now three point it's just getting better and uh, you put a lot of attention into it so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that and hopefully it does what you uh, you want it to accomplish. Yeah, I mean my last podcast was about the art of waiting. I just saw I didn't listen to it yet, but That's I just saw doing. you released it. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm being very zen, being very very quiet. Eating a lot of sausage. Yeah, yeah. a lot of sausage. <laughs> More <you> than know. <laughs> usual. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, there's, you know, that, uh, that we just sent out. 
I'm being very vague about that, but that we just sent out. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the feature version of 12KM is actually right on the edge. I mean, I've been living probably a year and a half of my life on the edge. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you're like ready to go. And you get these phone calls where it's like, be ready. And you're like, I'm, I'm fucking ready. I've been ready for a long fucking time. I'm ready. You know, and it's, it's a weird place to be in because I can't commit to anything else that takes too much time. It's hard. It's very hard. It's a it's a big compromise you got to accept. But um, I mean, I think things are going to pan out for you. Just uh, keep on waiting just a little longer. Uh, um, I'll hold your hand if you want. Yeah, I mean, we're getting there, man. It's 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 really cool. Uh, the people that we have, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but the people that we have teamed up with for a 12 kilometers feature um, are it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. The folks that we're working with, uh, the production company that we're working with. Um, and then, you know, we've written, uh, Will Simmons has uh, written the script for that. He's a good guy. He's a good dude. Mr. Will. And uh, the script is really cool. It's like, it takes what we did with the short. And some of you listeners have seen the short. I haven't been able to release a short online yet because it just hurts my chances of getting it sold. Um, but uh, it takes the short and really blows it open. So it gets pretty big. I still so haven't even seen the script. You don't send me much anymore. <laughs> it's like I've, I've been f- working, man. I feel like I'm in L.A. You just kind of forget who I am sometimes. <laughs> I'm just like that fucking L.A. guy. He's out of here. <laughs> I would love to read the script. I'll send it to you. I'll send you, I'll send you the script. Look, I'm going to write it down right now. Thanks. Script. And uh, <laughs> regarding uh, the movie, I, I'd be willing to um, to drop down my, my day rates to like 25 G's for you. <laughs> well, you know, for the, for the, uh, maybe, for the, for, you, you just don't look like a Russian guy. No, I'm just kidding, Mike. So like, we gotta, we gotta figure that out. But like, we have this, uh, Will and I have been talking for a while. We have this sort of idea or this plan of doing, I think right now we're talking about doing like three different movies. And so um, 12KM is kind of the, it would be like our alien. And then this new movie is kind of like, how would I describe this new movie? It's kind of like our, Mm, I'd say like The Shining or The Conjuring kind of thing. Oh, that's interesting. And then uh, maybe even a little Gremlins in there. And then uh, the next one we want to do is like, I, I like I, I don't want to say John Wick, but it's like I want to do something that for the action. For the action, yeah. Now you guys working on that right now? Uh, we're talking. We're talking yeah. about stuff. You know, we've been so busy. Like, dude. Uh, Literally, we conceived the new movie in December, you know, while I was out in L.A. and going around and pitching. And you already shot it. And, and then we had it, you know, Feb- wrote it and shot it right? in Feb- late February yeah. and then had it. That's uh, a quick turnaround. Yeah. That's so like, I've been deep in that. And then afterwards, you know, you're going through the recovery process because you're just like exhausted because you you become obsessed. You know, you become obsessed with these fucking things. And if you're. Yeah. If you're doing it at the level that I'm doing it, which is, you know, the indie level, you have to be the one guy that is, like, completely immersed in it. And then it's like raising a child. I've never raised a child. I assume it's like raising a child. Where it's like, you know, I got to wake up and think about it every night. I got to do this all the time. And then 
you finish it up and you you send it out and it's out of your hands at that point. And someone else, it's the worst part where someone else is actually taking it and representing you and sort of sort mm-hmm. of putting that out there and you have to sort of sit back and go like, everything's good, everything's good, everything's good. And you're just sort of waiting and you're like, mm, what's going on? And, you know, it's really well, tough. Well, it's got to be hard for, I mean, you're, you're very... Um Brand loyal to, to what you do. Yeah. You know, you have a very signature style on every piece that you put out, even if it's just a podcast. Thanks. You put your brand right on it, and it's very evident, so it must be nerve-wracking. It is. You got to trust. I, tr- I mean, we got really great dudes. I mean, mm-hmm. like, um, uh, I think I told you, I'm repped now by UTA. Mm-hmm, that's big. Uh, it's huge. Um, mm-hmm. And our agent is phenomenal, uh, and he's a really cool dude. Like, he loves movies. Like yeah. He fucking loves movies. Like, him and I, when I met with him, we just sort of sat down and talked about movies. That was it. Yeah. And I was like, I like this guy. He's a really cool guy. And he's 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 busting his ass. He's doing his job. And then the management team, my management team and Will's management team are also doing the job as well. So it's tough. I mean, the only tough part about it is I get so amped up where I'm just like, Put me out there. Like, put me in a room. Want to play, coach? Like, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. So, uh, it's it's a game of patience. Yeah. More than anything else. Well, we got we got some people joining us here. Hello, Jordan. people. Hey. Later. <laughs> Why are you wearing your glasses, brother? Happy birthday, man. Thank you. Can I tell you what happened to him last night? You have time for a second. Well, come and talk into the microphone. Oh, let me come oh, over too. Come and talk into the microphone here. We just got <laughs> Maggie and Jordan. <laughs> Oh, that Gina. didn't work? You can talk. What's going on? So, last night, Jordan was in his Uber home with Andy, and he vomited on the Uber. So, Andy went yep. to go clean it, and then he vomited on the Uber. <laughs> and then the Uber driver saw it, and he vomited in his car. What? <laughs> That's the best. Wow. So, you guys just made a pile of vomit? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Wow. Yeah. That's how, how are you feeling this morning? 30. <laughs> it's right. between drunk and 30. <laughs> uh, Jordan's a good friend of ours, and we went out with him last night, like I said earlier. Yeah. Uh, and you turned 30, man. How's it feel? I feel like I'm 27 still. Oh, well, um, that's a good thing, man. Apparently, you sound like you're a 21 year old throwing up in the back of a fucking Uber. It's yeah. <laughs> just child's play. I need to grow up. <laughs> oh, man. There you well, go. I woke, I woke his ass up this morning to go to breakfast, oh, and he was like, great. "Oh, I'm, I just showered. Come right in the house." So he came in. I come into the house, and he's in his bed, he's butt ass naked, with a towel on his head. I was like laughing hysterically. He's like, "What?" I was like, "You're naked." And he was just like, "No, I'm not. I'm covered." I was like, "Jordan, that's not your blanket. It's a towel, and it's <laughs> just on your head." Blanket, but it's just a towel. <laughs> That's cool. It's like you were. It's like you were born again. Pretty much. You know. Pretty much. Welcome to thirty, dude. Thank you. <laughs> well, I like it already. Yeah. Uh, I'm sleeping on your couch for the rest of the day. Go hit it, man. Yeah, like, it's, I'm, it's all good. I'm, I'm, I'm on the couch. <laughs> all right, we gotta get back into what we're doing. We appreciate. We appreciate Hello. that story. Um, all right, where, so where were we? Where are we at? So talking about branding and. and yeah, 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 yeah. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. Rock and roll with your agents. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's good, man. I, it's really hard because just, I, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to jinx anything, you know. But um, it's exciting. Like it's a it's a weird thing. Like two years ago is when it started. Mm-hmm. 
And then you get attached to something and you get really excited. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then you're like, oh my God. And I, th this is who we're working with and this is what we're doing. Fuck, this is really fantastic. Mm -hmm. And the, the company that we're working with for 12KM, they are dedicated to art. Yep. You know? And if I said who the company is, you guys would all go like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And I actually can't wait to say who the company is. Um, but uh, we found that out like, what, two years ago. And then I had to just sort of like be like, okay, cool, 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 cool. I'm really Chill. excited. <laughs> Chill. And then it took yeah. us about a year to rewrite the script because we had to do a new draft. Mm -hmm. Um, and Will busted his ass. One thing, I'm actually going to have him on the episode because I keep talking about him. Uh, Will and I met years ago um, after the short. Actually, I did the 12 cam short. And then uh, Kruda, the, the, the DP, mm -hmm. was up for a job. And Will was somehow attached to that job. And Will had seen the short. And Will was like, hey, can I show this to <clears throat> Michael Bay's people? And I was like, fuck yeah. You know, it's awesome. And then he was like, what are you doing with the feature? I'd love to get involved with the feature. And I had written sort of like an outline, sort of like a really rough draft for a short that, or a feature that took place much further after the short. And he was like, I really love what you're doing with the short. I think we should do something at the actual drill site. And I think we should do something there. Um, and I read his other work and I was like, fuck, man. He's like a, a, a blacklist winner, you mm -hmm. know, like the blacklist winner. Yeah, website. he did. Yeah. A couple of years ago. Yeah. So, and his work is fucking fantastic. It's Murder City. That's right. It's, it is Murder City. Uh huh. And then uh, the thing that's really great, like, I, I always fumble through writing because I need to. I feel like as a director, if I don't have a good writer, I have to tell stories. So I sort of fumble my way through it. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I, I, my education goes like only so far. <laughs> so like I, you know, I don't have the skills to to be a really great screenplay writer. Um, I I know how to outline movies. I know how to put together really good structure. I know how to do all that stuff. Um, but Will just blows me away with his professionalism. Like he's mm -hmm. not only a really great screenplay writer, but he can turn things around so quick, mm -hmm. so quick. I've seen him turn drafts around in in like. Seven days. He's an animal. He's a, he's nuts, man. Yeah, and and he's really good at interacting with uh, the producers and with the people, the money people, and he knows how to send an email. Yeah, he, he really does. Um, and so it's been like a really fun experience uh, working with him because I get to see how he does all that stuff, and then the collaboration that we both have. Like he'll call me on the phone and go, "Here's where I'm at. We need to brainstorm this out, and we'll talk for like two hours, and then boom." And we have it and nailed mm -hmm. down. And this new movie, the one I keep hashtagging, something new is coming. This new movie was the result of us just sort of sitting down and talking for like two days. And we were like, okay, we want to come up with something within these parameters. And we just banged it right the fuck out. So it's it's a great relationship between the two of us. Yeah, there's just two peas in a pod. Yeah, man. Synergy and, sounds like it's spot on with you guys. Dude, it's, a, it's such a weird thing because we worked on 12KM mostly without having met each other in this, without even being in the same room. And I think I've talked to him on the phone more in the past two years as much as I talked to Gene on the phone. I think the two of us talk daily on the phone. So it's it's... It's a fucking rad, it's good. really cool working relationship. Um, and the stuff that he's been able to, the stuff that we've been able to conceive and the stuff that he's been able to write is fucking so cool, man. And he's got great connections in LA. Oh, dude, totally. Yeah. So it, it, and it just, I, I was just very fortunate to meet him. And it was really the result of me letting go. And I think I've talked about this in another episode where 
when I was doing this piece, I usually shoot everything. I usually do all that. And I was just like, I'm just going to get a DP. I'm just going to let go. I'm just going to get a DP. I'm going to bring someone else in. And bringing Cruda in, the two of us have formed, you know, a bro bond that will exist for forever. And then because I brought him on, I got the connection to Will. And because I wasn't like, I'm writing my own script. I was like, you know. <laughs> and then he came. I, I was able to open that up to him. Yeah. And then it opened up my world. So if you're a young filmmaker and you're a fucking control freak and you, you're really not collaborating in the truest sense, like open yourself up, open yourself up to solid collaboration, because if you're good at what you do, you're going to get really fucking amazing people that are gravitating to who you are. Mm -hmm. And then you never know you work with somebody. And then the next thing you know, that person is, you know, doing mocap for some fucking massive project. So like it's, it's a great, this business is collaboration. Open yourself up to it. I guess has to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so Dave, you've been quiet. What do you want yeah. to know? You got you got you got two you got two amazingly masculine men sitting in the room. <laughs> he just graduated. Well, that's right. Well, we've we've had those those talks. Oh. <laughs> He's know. like, guys, yeah. I, yeah. I'm a grown up now. Knock it off. You know, I'm out of the loop. I it's guess. Child's play. <laughs> <laughs> what a man, Dave. What a man. That's right. Now I'm now I'm drinking beer at 11:30. <laughs> Welcome to the real world. That's <laughs> what we do. <laughs> uh, so yeah, man. Is there any questions that you have? No, I was, I, we were actually just talking about this on the ride over. Um, I was like, for a lot of these, um, like when we were like talking about starting the podcast, um, like I basically am like the target audience for it. So yeah, as much as I'm involved with it, like I get more enjoyment out of just listening because I'm the people that you're trying to talk to most of the time. So yeah, uh, yeah you know, Nick was up here last week for my graduation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you fly in twice? Yeah, I was here. Fucking, I, I was here. Fucking high rollers. It's been this all point. over. I was place. here nine days ago on my yeah. private jet. Um, no, I, I was here for it's like forty eight hours. A really quick trip, really just to see his uh, his graduation. He actually so. just just lied. He left two days early and drove. <laughs> he, <didn't fly. laughs> he lied to us. <laughs> drove in my Prius. <laughs> no, we were talking about uh, you know his next steps and like. Um, uh, freelance world and it's you know mm -hmm. it's gonna be a struggle but if, if that's what you want to do go for it and go 110 mm percent -hmm. you know i believe you'll be successful man uh, you know yeah. i tried to give you the list of some good contacts i don't know if you've done anything with it yeah no absolutely okay good that wasn't judging guys i was just looking over at the table at you um <laughs> I, I dude i think you're you know you're very driven i think you're very talented and i think that um freelance is 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 nerve-wracking mm -hmm. it always is but the only bit of advice that I can give you on it is just embrace it. Like, embrace it. Embrace how scared you get. Like, I get scared. Like, I get scared every day that I wake up if I'm not working. And so I usually sort of take that fear and go, I got to do, I got to mm -hmm. do something. I got to write to some folks today. I got to fucking do a little searching. I got to look. I got to put my name out there because it takes, when you plant a seed, it usually takes, like, three to five months for that seed to start to grow. Mm -hmm. And so your best bet, and you don't want to be, you know, fucking Johnny Appleseed, just fucking calling everybody up and right. throwing that shit right. around. But you, at the same token, want to start to throw out little, it's like fishing. You just throw out a little line and you go, hey, this is what's going on. I'd love to come hang out. I'd love to come learn. You know, I'd love to just come by the shop. 
Mm-hmm. I'd love to go have beers. I'd love to talk. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff rolls because most freelancers or most freelance producers get stuff last minute. Like I'll get a call. I got a call yesterday and I'm going to a meeting on Tuesday. And so if that meeting comes through, I'll book what I need immediately. And whoever I book most of the time is like whoever I'm specifically with at that moment. So I'm just like, boom, like you're going to work. You're working with me on uh, that documentary, right? Yeah. Yeah. The end of this month. I scouted that yesterday. It's pretty cool. Awesome. I'm not allowed to talk about what the documentary is about, but it's a, it'll be a really rad piece that we'll do. Um, But I think that uh, you'll do fine, dude. And I think that if you just sort of embrace that and then when you do make some loot, just set up, set up a, okay, here's some good advice. Set up two bank accounts, Mm -hmm. set up a bank account for taxes. Mm. because you're never going to be able to pay quarterly. Mm-hmm. It's hard. You can. Mm-hmm. And there's, you, there, you can actually throw whatever you make. You can throw a little bit towards it. And that's probably a better way than I do it because then you're not penalized. I, 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 I don't. And I end up having to pay like $200 penalty fee at the end of the year. But what I try to do is I have an account where I pull a percentage out for taxes and I throw it in the fucking account mm-hmm. every every year. And then at the end of the year, I try to write off enough so that way I can try to make a return on what that account, that account is. That account is never really my money. But the reason I don't send it in, and it's probably really bad advice, but the reason I don't send it into the government at that time is just in case something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. So I have this account of loot where like, if a paycheck doesn't come through or if a client doesn't pay me on time, I can still reach into that tax account and pay my fucking rent. And then I, once I get that check in, I'll just replenish what I got from that tax with the additional taxes based upon it. Mm -hmm. So like if you do that, and then if you have an account for your quote unquote business, then take out money and put it into that account for your business Mm -hmm. and then have your personal account at the same time. Like if you put it all into your personal account, then what ends up happening is you go out on a rager and you go out and you drink and you do something or you go on a vacation or you're like, fuck it, I deserve this. And you buy yourself some shit, yeah. you're fucked. You know, and if you can figure that out early on and you can set that system in place, then what happens with freelances, it's this, like I said on the last episode, it's peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like you'll be hot shit and you'll be like working and hired and doing all this stuff. And then what, what usually happens is you get tired. And you're working full fucking throttle and you're like, I need a break, I need a break, I need a break. And you're like, cool, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go on a vacation. I'm going to take a few days off. I'm going to do something. And as soon as you're not on the grid, it's like you don't fucking exist. Mm -hmm. And then you have to come back and go, I'm back. I'm here. I'm doing this. I'm doing this shit. And then that takes like a month, two, three months. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, all right, great. Boom, 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 boom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, be prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the ta- I, j- I started doing the tax bank account recently. Um, I also have another bank account, the oh shit bank account. <laughs> but I'm not joking. Uh, <laughs> every check I get, I throw money into the oh shit account just in case like something comes up, my computer breaks, yeah. so you know, I got oh, yeah. 1500 bucks. It's like, fuck. Uh, but uh, regarding the freelance world, um, like he was saying, you know, accept it for what it is, for what it isn't. And uh, in your downtime, here's the thing. Even as actors and stuff, like there, there are days and weeks where sometimes nothing's going on. No audition, no nothing. Maybe no gigs for you. Um, I, the, the most successful freelance people I know, um, even say Monday to Friday, they have nothing to do that week. They still work. They put in an eight-hour workday. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no limit to what you can do in your downtime for networking, reaching out, researching these companies, reaching out to them, that local restaurant for a promo. 
uh, redoing your reels, learning Photoshop, learning skills. You could fucking do a, a million things yeah. and fill a lifetime with it. Oh, yeah. And it's about not being lazy. Yeah, and especially you know, now for me, because I still get, I mean, I can learn a shitload in a day just by watching videos on how to do something. Just exactly. learn. Just, just learn shit. Yeah. YouTube, you know, love it or hate it, but you can right. learn so much shit on YouTube, your own stuff. Yeah. Uh, Refurbish your editing skills. Get editing so you don't have to rely on self-fix anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just got to get Adobe or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's our, that's already a... You should make this stuff a priority. Battle of I've been telling him getting kicked out of there. And I've been telling him for what the work he wants to do immediately right now. Mm-hmm. I said his reels are super important. Mm-hmm. The most important things you could have is a solid reel that represents what you do. So you could just send it off in an email to a company and they'll say, "Wow, yeah, here, shoot this promo for us, three grand." You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, I mean, getting into a tough business right now is yeah. really hard. It's really hard. And there isn't a there there isn't a sugar coating to it. Um, it's very difficult. It, no one really wants to spend money on stuff. It's really difficult. Um, but I would also say decide, have an idea, or set out to have an idea of what ultimately it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Because um, my little projects that I've been directing and my films and stuff have basically saved me. Because if I was just completely solely in the game for commercials and shit like that, I'd fuck kill myself. Because <laughs> it's really tough right now, dude. It's really fucking hard. They're undercutting budgets and, and so quotes much, and man. You see these big, big guys that do big, big ads coming down and do like small fucking budget shit because, you know, they're squeezing, man. The dudes at the top are squeezing their hands and, and mm-hmm. we're at the bottom going, please, please, please give us some money. And then you're like, fuck, dude, really? Mm-hmm. This is what we're working with? I don't make a fucking dime on this. And this is three weeks worth of fucking work, you know? So do, you know, make sure you're doing the fun shit without mm-hmm. getting too dark. Make sure you, you do the fun shit. Yeah. Because that'll be what keeps you in it. And then at the end of the day, you'll be doing some horse shit fucking project and you're not going to make enough money and you're going to go, why am I in this business? What am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. And then you just go, I'm just making enough money so that I can go back and do the right. fun shit. What you really want to do. The fun shit. The fun shit. Um, so there you go. We're just throwing advice right at your face whether or not you want it. <laughs> yep. This is what you should do. Um, do you want the birds and the bees talks while we're here? <laughs> we'll save that for after the... Do you know what a condom is, Dave? <laughs> uh, all right. Let me take a break for a second here because uh, where are we clocking? We're doing all right, man. We're doing... This will be a, a little longer podcast for about an hour. Let me do a couple of reads for advertisements and I'm going to make these reads up in my head. What up, Gina? You're are late? You? Where are you go? Oh, you're going to the... Uh... She'll probably listen to this. I don't even say where I'm supposed to be. Oh, I don't know when this was filmed. Oh, you're late for, uh, for Bree's uh, <laughs> bridal shower. Yeah. What time are you supposed to be there? Noon. What time is it now? 12.07. It's 40 minutes away. Oh, my God. What a bad friend. Oh, my God. You got invited to it, and you're not there. Yeah, I'm so special. You're not there. What a horrible human being. Get out of here. We weren't even invited to this, and we're here. (laughs) I just said, Mike, get the mic set up. We were outside at 7 (laughs) a.m. Wake your ass up. We're doing a podcast. (laughs) All right. Let me me do a couple promo reads here. So 
this episode of the In Love with the Process is uh, brought to you by the uh, awesome dudes over at Puget Systems. If you are a uh, video editor, if you're a photographer, if you are uh, anybody that needs a computer for your work uh, and you're tired of spending uh, an astronomical amount of money on a piece of equipment that will be outdated eventually, uh, head over to PugetSystems.com and uh, you can uh, search uh, based upon what software you're using, actually, uh, and they'll uh, hook you up with the right hardware for it. Um, and these guys, I, I mean, these guys have been sponsoring me for a while. I love these guys. Uh, one of the reasons I really get along with them um, is because they really support the artists and they really support art. Um, and they really give a shit about what uh, their customers are making. Um, last time, I just hung out with them in Nashville, and they are just so excited about uh, customers that do all sorts of different things, not just the filmmaking aspect of it, but uh, there are so many different um, uh, different customers that make different stuff. Uh, and they're really, really excited about uh, interacting with you and giving you the equipment that you need uh, to be able to make it happen. Uh, and the cool thing about their systems is that they're fully upgradable. Uh, they're cutting edge stuff. Uh, so when you buy it and you spend uh, you know, a, a chunk of change to purchase it, it won't be outdated in a year from now. There won't be some random update that, that uh, renders your hardware obsolete. Um, really, really amazing company. Um, so go to PugetSystems.com and check them out. Um, also sponsoring this episode are the wonderful folks from Azo, Azo Monitors. Um, uh, I love their monitor stuff. They support us at McFarland Petchy and they support me. Uh, they have recently given us a, uh, a 4K monitor. What is the number on it? It's like a CG... CG 318? 318 or 315. They're going to hate this read. Um, <laughs> really amazing 4K monitor. Go to azo.com and check them out. Uh, if you are, like so many of us, being forced into a higher format by your clients and you want uh, a monitor that has true color, that self-calibrates itself, and you can, uh, while you're color grading, you can uh, rest assured that it will look that way on an iPhone. It will look that way when broadcast on television. Um, I highly, highly suggest you get a calibrated monitor. Get something that self-calibrates itself so that all you have to do is start it up and it'll read the, the readings in the room. It'll read the luminance in the space and set your colors right. So go to azo.com, check out their new 4K monitors. I'm not gonna read that number again because I don't have it in front of me, but they're they're fantastic guys. Um, and let's see, also sponsoring this episode are the guys at uh, Rule Boston Camera. Uh, if you are on the East Coast and you are looking to rent some equipment for uh, production, movie production, uh, television production, uh, Rule Boston Camera is are the best. Um, the best local guys, the best guys on the East Coast. I mean, they they compete with the dudes in New York City. They're amazing, um, and they uh, not only do they have the best equipment on the market, but they also uh, run training seminars. They also really open their arms to independent filmmakers. Uh, there's a lot of independent directors out there that are kind of strangely afraid of rental houses and afraid of setting up. A relationship with those folks because there's always this concern about I don't have insurance or and how much does it cost? Is it super expensive? Uh, I, dude, it's it's one of the best decisions that you can make because then if you decide to rent most of your gear instead of purchasing your gear, you're not a slave to what it is that you purchased. And then um, you have access to all of the cutting edge technology. And these guys are super cool. Like if you wanted to test out 
I, I've never used a Airy Mini or I've never used uh, the most recent RED camera, uh, you can actually book a session there and work with a technician and he'll walk you, he or she will walk you through uh, how the stuff works. Um, so it's an amazing company. They're very supportive of artists. Uh, so check them out, Rule Boston Camera. I love you guys. Um, and let's see, McFarland and Pesci, obviously my company, uh, sponsoring this episode. Uh, if you want to check out the latest work by myself and Ian McFarland, definitely go to McFarlandPesci.com. Uh, we have a couple of new releases coming out uh, this month. Uh, a couple new Bose pieces that we've been working on. So uh, if you want to see the stuff that we're talking about, also if you want to check out like the Always video, uh, you could always search for it on YouTube or you can go to our website and see the collection of all the other musicians that we've worked with. So go to McFarlandPesci.com to check that out. And let's see here. I also have something new. I did, if you guys follow me on um, Instagram, uh, there are two different Instagram accounts to follow. If you want to follow my personal Instagram, it's at Mike Petchy. Um, I also have one for this podcast, which please, please go follow it right now. If you listen to this podcast and you don't follow the Instagram, then you're not a real fan. I don't know why you're fucking listening to this podcast. Go to In Love With The Process pod on Instagram. Sign up for it. It helps me. If you represent, if you actually go there and you become a friend, it helps me. It helps me. So fucking do it. And if you really like this podcast, take one of those graphics, repost it, tell your friends to go follow it. The numbers matter. So please go do that. Uh, so recently, uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday, one day ago, it says, I did a post on here saying, uh, get your questions answered on the next episode of the podcast. And uh, I have a few questions here. Uh, some of them are are dumb questions, which we'll get to, uh, by dumb people, uh, AKA Cruda. Um, but let me get with the, let me get with a, a really good one first here. So this is a, a question from at brightest day and the I am brightest is one. Uh, and they write is natural lighting preferable over having to manipulate light when shooting. It's a very general question. Um, it depends on what you're doing. It depends on what you're doing. Okay, here's a really good example. I just did a location scout for this new doc that I'm doing tomorrow. This is a documentary. And in my head, I have this vision before I go that I want to make this thing very stylized. And I want to actually go in and do color stuff, gel work, all this sort of stuff. And I went into this spot, um, the shop basically. And the shop has got a lot of windows, a lot of natural windows in this space. And the shop requires lighting in, a, in order for them to do what they need to do. So they actually need to have it a well-lit space. And what I wanted to do was go in there and change the color of the space, shut off some of the overheads, really sort of bring depth to the shot or to the footage uh, because it would look better photographically. It would be a tastier image. And as I sort of walked through this place with the director and I started to talk to the people in the shop and I would ask them questions like, is it cool if I shut these lights off? And just seeing their reaction and the nervousness on their face where they're like, I don't know, it's, it might fuck with how we do our things. It might screw with that. Um, ultimately, I decided to not do any of it. Ultimately, I decided that I was going to go very natural in the shop because I didn't want my preconceived notion of what the style was going to be for this to actually affect what the narrative of the film was going to be. And I don't want my, my shit to get in the way of the story. And this is with documentary stuff. So 
in that specific scenario, I feel like natural lighting is the best bet because it's more important for us to get solid human, genuine reactions from folks than have people sort of walking in and looking at a grid on the ceiling and going like, oh my God, this is like Hollywood. And then they change how they do all that. That's very specific to that one location. On the same film, I went into a separate location and they're totally cool, totally at ease with all this stuff. So I'm going to actually take that and put it in that second location and light that, that space and actually do that. So is natural lighting preferable? Dude, I mean, it's, it's, they're all tools. If you are a, if you're a storyteller, if you're a visual storyteller, if you're a guy that likes to talk over beers, you basically should have a toolbox full of anything that you can pull out to make your story sound better, to, to sort of amplify that. So sometimes natural lighting is the way to go. Um, sometimes uh, manipulating lighting and being able to shape stuff and force perspective story-wise is the way to go. Um, I will say this, though. I think that natural lighting has become the norm for a lot of things. So like if you look at advertising and photography, there's a whole lot of like natural light, big window stuff. And I think that is a side effect of budgets. I think that there hits this point where folks don't want, especially in the photography world, it's, it's, it's having a hard time right now. I, folks just don't want to pay for these things. So they look at it and go, just put your shit next to a big window and the window is the lighting. And, and, and so the side effect of that is that everything looks the same. Everything looks like an Instagram food post. And then st you start to devalue the work. And to actually manipulate light and do that, it takes a lot of skill. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of overhead to be able to pull that off. So... I don't know. I've ranted and raved. Did any of that stuff make sense to you guys? I wasn't listening. <laughs> no, t totally. You know, it's on an individual basis. Um, it's situational is what you're saying, but I think you're right with the budget cutting of just the entire industry. Yeah. It, it's hurting um, the creative process a little bit, but, you know, they're, they're doing what they got to do. Yeah. All right. So I got two more questions. Stand by, guys. Um, so I got another question from uh, from a user, Eternally Boo, which is a great name. Um, who Who's your favorite actress to work with? And then there's a wink, kidding, smiley face. That's because I know who Eternally Boo is. Um, I would say knowing who you are, I would say it depends on the actress. Like if we're talking about an actress that is barely wearing any clothing and covered in blood, which is probably what you're hinting at, then I would say that Rydell was my favorite actress to work with. Uh, we worked together on a movie called Stray Bullet, um, and uh, she was such a trooper. Uh, we ended up shooting this film in a... Did I tell you the story? We shot this film in a, a location that we found in Western Mass. This is Grindhouse Shorts? Yeah. yeah. And the guy that owned that place was a decorated sniper. Very cool. You didn't tell me this story. Yeah, no. like a decorated sniper. I don't know. I guess I could talk about this. He was a decorated sniper that had like a, a ridiculous amount of like confirmed whatever, you know, yeah. you know. And so I didn't know that. Like we're hanging out with this guy and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he starts to talk about it. And I was like, what the fuck is that like? Like, what the fuck is that like? Uh, so we're staying in this cabin. We're shooting in this cabin out in the middle of nowhere that has no power, no running water. Um, like huge fields of grass that we have to walk through. 
we may or may not have fired real rounds in some of this stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the uh, the actress, I required her to be absolutely covered from head to toe in blood. And there was no running water. So she had to stay covered in that pretty much all day. Uh, that's a trooper. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, sticky fucking shit all yeah. day, all day. So, yeah, that's a very loaded question, so there's the answer to that loaded question. Okay, and then uh, we have another question here. We got another question here from, uh, obviously, it's from D. Crudo. We know who you are. Uh, <laughs> how do you deal with a diva DP asking for a friend? Uh, I First step in dealing with a diva DP is actually answering this question. That's the first step. <laughs> first step. Um, you know... Hi, Dave. <laughs> it's it's all about collaboration, man. And I think with specific DPs, you have to make sure that you have to try your damnedest not to have Dunkin' Donuts for breakfast. You have to try to find some very foofy fucking artisanal fucking sandwich shop that you're going to spend half your money on and uh, make sure that there are just those egg sandwiches sitting there on a platter so that they can decide that they don't want to eat those egg sandwiches and that they... <laughs> aren't hungry for breakfast that they somehow brought themselves something else like maybe like a juice drink or some sort of like bulk my fucking body up thing <laughs> so but it's just it's the thought you know and more than the thought it's the fact that you've taken your money and you've spent that money on that thought which will then be thrown out in the trash so I, if you're going to work with you know diva dps you just have to sort of deal with a lot of bullshit like that like fucking dumbass really stupid needs like very stupid. They're very fucking temperamental. Very temperamental. You know. Tell us how you really feel, Mike. Yeah. It's like you know. It's like it's like it's like dating. It's like you're you're going on a date and you never really wanted that date to begin with. You're just sort of like I just need you for your camera. Like you don't even have any fucking talent, anyways. I just need you to hold the camera. Like physically, like I can't believe how much money I pay you. All you do is just turn it on. That's physically all you do is you just switch the fucking thing on and that's it. I mean, cameras shoot everything anyways. Like the exposure range is captured. There's no fucking talent involved. So, so ridiculous. They're divas. They'll be extinct soon. Like I'd say within two or three months, their jobs are going to be gone. So that's the answer to that question. Uh, please, uh, definitely, I'll do uh, some more of these, but I like to interact with you guys, so definitely send me some more questions for the podcast. Um, let me check here and see what's going on, fellas, but uh, those are our reads. Yeah, man, is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't know, Dave, anything? You've been saving up anything? Some gooey special stuff? No, I'm on these all the time. This is your this is your yeah, moment man. to shine. Yeah, man. What else What else do you want to talk about, Nick? You got anything you want to talk uh, about? I, I didn't even give it a thought. I, I thought you were going to have an agenda, Mike. I do. I do. It's an empty piece of paper right here. It's <laughs> a script on it. It's an empty uh, piece of paper. No, I'm just ex- I'm excited to see your films. I haven't seen much, but you know, please send me the, the script of, of 12KM. Uh-huh. I would love uh-huh. to see the short you just wrapped up. I can um, probably show you when we're done here. You can probably see it if you want. Or I can see it. I would love to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can probably show it to you. Yeah. I wish no I had more. No one else could see it. Oh, also, by the way, we're also live streaming. This is the first time I've ever done a live stream. Uh, we're live streaming on my personal account uh, for now, just because there are more followers. But if you guys like this live stream, if you've enjoyed this stuff, go follow the In Love With The Process pod one, because I'm going to do these live streams on that. I'm going to try to take you guys over to that one. All right. We're the guinea pigs. Can I say hi to my parents? Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Hi, Henrietta. Hi, Mo. Are they watching? My dog. No. 
I hope not. Because <laughs> no, no. I've said fuck like fucking six times. <laughs> this is the Mike Pesci you always talk about? <laughs> Look at him. His fucking dirty shirt. His fucking cargo pants. <laughs> um, well, cool, man. If, if there isn't anything else to talk about, um, unless you got it, I'm just giving you that chance because I know you want to be on the show so bad. The ratings are high. It's really hard to be a fucking guest on the show, man. I know. Jeez. Uh... No, I just, I'm happy to be here. Um, I, I, I just like listening to these because I, I relate to so much of what you guys are always saying about, you know, this, this industry, the level that we're at and just the gusto that you need to have and just always, you know, I'm just, just happy to be here, guys. Well, it's good to see you, man. <laughs> we miss you. I miss you. I haven't been able to see you in a while. and It's been a long time. You know, when, uh, when I'm hanging out in L.A. for a little bit, then we'll have to hang out. Get some sausages and beer. Mm. Your favorite. <laughs> and on that note, we're up. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. All right, guys. So uh, really appreciate you guys listening to this episode. Um, trying to turn these things out a little bit more frequently. Uh, like I said, definitely go follow uh, In Love With The Process pod, P-O-D, on uh, Instagram. We also have In Love With The Process Facebook page. Um, and uh, you can follow me at Mike Petchy on Instagram or MikePetchy.com or McFarlandPetchy.com. Um, and uh, that's kind of it. I think that's the episode, fellas. All right. Bon voyage. See you later. We out of here. All right. I appreciate having a beer at fucking 11 o'clock in the morning with you. Hell yeah. All right. See you. Bye. I love you guys. Bye. Bye.